You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Get on your swim trunks, grab your towels. We're going to the beach, baby. Summer vacation is here. The King season is over with. Finally, we can relax. Of course, we would much rather be gearing up for playoff basketball right now, but hey, after 15 straight seasons of the Kings not making the playoffs, you begin to expect that the last game of the regular season is going to be like the last day of school. And once it's over, freedom and vacation is here. Well, With the King season coming to an end, we are going to look at some of the few positives from this year. We're going to talk about the importance of this offseason again. I'm going to share with you what needs to happen this summer for the Sacramento Kings. Plus, we'll look at lottery odds, how their situation actually changed for the better. The Kings have a couple of representatives in the 2021 Hall of Fame class. We got a lot to talk about on this first day of the off-season edition of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and, yes, all off-season long. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, including the long basketball-less summer months, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And now that the NBA playoffs and play-in tournament are here If you're going to follow everything that's happening in the NBA playoffs, you're going to want to make sure you are tuning into Locked On NBA every single day. Don't replace Locked On Kings with Locked On NBA now. Make sure you keep coming back to Locked On Kings because we have a lot to talk about this week in the coming weeks with how crazy this offseason is expected to be. But for your playoff fix, Locked On NBA is the podcast for you. My name is Matt George. I am the host of the Locked On Kings podcast. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This just concluded season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And boy, was season seven a doozy. Isn't seven supposed to be a lucky number? Well, it wasn't for me and it wasn't for the Sacramento Kings this season. The ups and downs of this year, I know I've talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks here on Locked on Kings, but I am absolutely exhausted. So when the final buzzer sounded inside the Golden 1 Center, the Kings falling to the Utah Jazz, ending their season on a three-game losing streak, truthfully, I could care less. I was happy that it had come to an end. Now, a lot of that is for my own mental health, just taking a break from the Sacramento Kings, which I think a majority of the fan base needs to do so, a little bit of a detox from our Kings addiction over the next few weeks. But also, I'm so looking forward to this offseason. I'm also terrified of this offseason, but I'm so looking forward to following what general manager Monty McNair does in his first full offseason with the team, what he decides to do with head coach Luke Walton, what he decides to do with Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes. I put out a bunch of polls on Kings Twitter last night after the Kings loss, once the season came to an end, asking for early 
off-season predictions. I'm going to go through some of those predictions, and they're still open right now for you to go onto Twitter and vote on what you think will happen. A lot of yes or no questions on what Monty McNair, what we predict Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings will do this off-season. There are a lot of angles. This is one big tree of an off-season for Sacramento with branches going off in all sorts of different directions. We are going to make sure we cover all of them. Everything that happens, every hypothetical the fallout for whatever moves are made or not made, Locked On Kings is going to have it all for you all summer long. We might be taking a vacation from actual Kings basketball, but the Sacramento Kings coverage is not going anywhere. I absolutely promise you that. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that I wasn't thankful that this season is over. Really thankful. That being said, there were some positives from this year. There were some very fun moments. There were some things that I want to make sure I focus on Before we enter into the significance of this offseason, there was plenty of negative from this year as well. I don't need to waste my time on that. You know what the problems are. And we're going to address a lot of those problems, or the Kings are going to need to address a lot of those problems in this upcoming offseason. But there were positive moments and were great takeaways for the Sacramento Kings this season. Unfortunately, a lot of these takeaways are individual and not team. And that's going to be a big thing to keep an eye on as we head into next season. We know the Kings have individual pieces and individual talent that can be successful, but the team is still bad. This summer, Monty McNair is going to need to take these great individual puzzle pieces and find a way to get them to stick together, and if any don't fit, you got to get them out. But let's run through a few positive moments and overall takeaways from this Sacramento Kings season. Number one is the opening night victory in overtime against the Denver Nuggets. And that kind of ties into number two, which was sweeping both the Denver Nuggets and Dallas Mavericks. The Kings had some unexplainable success against certain teams this year. Like I mentioned, sweeping the Mavericks, sweeping the Denver Nuggets, two playoff teams in the Western Conference. They had a lot of success against the Los Angeles Lakers, even though at times the Lakers were shorthanded, had a lot of success against the Boston Celtics this year. And then on the other side, they would lose games to teams we know they should beat, dropping games to the Detroit Pistons. I think they were swept by the Houston Rockets. Now, the Rockets transformed from a averagely bad team to a really bad team over the course of this year, but still some unexplainable losses there. Just speaks to the inconsistencies of the Sacramento Kings team as a whole. But the season got off to a really fun start. That 3-1 and one start, especially the overtime win in Denver, it was a fun way to kick off the year. There were also, of course, great stretches during those winning streaks. Some individual and team play that looked really solid also led to those maddening losing streaks right afterwards, right? Where we'd see the Kings do a handful of things right and then look like they were incapable of doing anything right ever again. But at least there were flashes during those winning streaks of how good this team could be if they just figured it out. Unfortunately, they still have a long way to go to figure it out. But here are the two best takeaways and biggest positives from this season. And they're two players. You can guess the two. Number one is De'Aaron Fox. Across the board, De'Aaron Fox had a phenomenal season. We were talking about Fox continuing to grow, take that next step in his career into that all-star status. Now, unfortunately, he didn't actually make the all-star team, but 
Statistically, especially as a scorer, he proved this season that he can take over games when he needs to. He can put the team on his back. He did that a number of times in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox statistically is one of the most clutch players in the NBA this year and one of the best scoring players, period. Not just guards, scoring players in the fourth quarter in the NBA. Fox solidified himself as a closer, a role that always goes to the superstar. Fox averaged 21 points, shot 48% from the field, 29% from three-point range, and 70% from the free-throw line last season. He also averaged 6.8 assists. This season, his scoring jumped from 21 to 25.2 points per game, and that is a significant jump. Now, his field goal percentage dropped by 1% from 48 to 47. His three-point shooting percentage went up 3% to 32%, and I love the three-point shooting confidence of De'Aaron. Of course, we need that number to continue to come up, but Fox shot a higher volume of threes this year, and he shot them in rhythm with confidence. In fact, most things De'Aaron Fox did on the court this season were with full confidence. And then his free-throw shooting went up from 70% to 72%. Not to mention, while Fox's scoring output exploded, his assist numbers went up as well. They didn't drop. And that's a big deal when a point guard really embraces a scoring first role. When he becomes that main scorer for the team, typically you will see a drop-off in production when it comes to playmaking, passing the ball, finding teammates. That wasn't the case for De'Aaron. His assists went up from 6.8 to 7.2. He was the first major individual positive. The second was, of course, Tyrese Halliburton for the rookie season that he had. Now, statistically, nothing really jumps off the page except for one number. He averaged 13 points, shot 47% from the field, 41% from three-point range. Yes, the rookie who many said his three-point shot was not going to translate to the NBA shot 41% from three, including a high percentage during the fourth quarter. And he shot 85% from the free-throw line, also averaged 5.3 assists. The biggest deal with Tyrese Halliburton is that he solidified that he and De'Aaron Fox can play together. They are the future starting backcourt, giving the Kings a lot of versatility with two now primary ball handlers. Tyrese got off to a phenomenal start this season. I wouldn't say he crashed back down to earth, but over the course of the year, we saw him work his way through slumps. Also, unfortunately, had some injury issues that led to inconsistent playing time in the second half of the season. Is Tyrese Halliburton the Rookie of the Year? No, he's not in my mind. Is he in the conversation? Yes. Should he receive votes? Yes. But what's more important? The Rookie of the Year award and the praise and attention that comes with it? Or the fact that the Sacramento Kings know that they have their future backcourt solidified? Switching gears, I'm certainly not going to call the trade deadline a major positive for the Sacramento Kings this season, seeing as how they made the decision to really go for it and it didn't work out. However, I will give Monty McNair credit for drastically improving the Kings bench over the course of this season. Remember how bad the bench was to start this year. Now they end it with a group of players who kept the Kings in the play-in hunt when a majority of their starters were out and unavailable. Monty McNair has given the Sacramento Kings options with players like DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless, Damian Jones. I guess Shemezi Metu also. The Kings have options of who they want to bring back and how they want to continue to solidify this bench. The second unit definitely improved this season. And you know what? Marvin Bagley improved too. That is a positive. 
Take all the off-court issues and drama away. Separate that from his play on the floor. Marvin Bagley did improve this season. Statistically, via the eye test, he checked the boxes. Still has a long way to go, especially defensively, but he did make defensive improvement. Offensively, he went from being overly tunnel vision to finding his game in the flow of the offense. Looked to pass a little bit more, even though it's still not a strong suit. The three-point shot looked good. Showed that athletic ability still around the rim. He didn't come anywhere close to the most improved player of the year award prediction and hope that I had at the beginning of this season. But he still improved. No idea if he's going to be on the Kings next year. But at least this year, there's that. Those are honestly the major positives that I can pull out of this year. And I'm sure there were more. If I missed some that you want to point out, please send them to me at Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. It was a losing season. It was in many ways a bad season. But there are always positives to pull out of it. And if I had told you De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton especially were going to have the seasons that they had at the beginning of this year, we all would have been thrilled. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview. All on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job descriptions immediately. And Indeed skill tests that on average reduce hiring times by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, that's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let the 2021 offseason begin. We have no idea what's going to happen, but we do know that there are a lot of decisions that need to be made by Monty McNair and this Sacramento Kings front office, and every single decision is going to be put under a microscope. I've talked about this before. I will say it again. The patience in Sacramento is tapped out. There is no benefit of multiple summers for Monty McNair to try and make things work. The Sacramento Kings need to solve problems and need to be in the playoff conversation as early as next season. Let's just establish expectations clearly right now here on May 17th. These are the expectations that I have and I believe Sacramento Kings fans should have for the team next season. And if they do not meet these expectations, it is a complete failure. And as far as I understand, the Sacramento Kings organization, the players, the coaching staff, this is their expectation as well. The Sacramento Kings next season need to be between a 6th and an 8th seed 
in the Western Conference. That is a significant leap from the place that they are in right now, but they cannot afford to just put themselves in a position again next year to scratch and claw their way into the playoffs via the play-in tournament. If the play-in is still around next season and the Sacramento Kings do make it, but barely, maybe they're the 10th seed or the 9th seed that they held on by a game, a game and a half. I'm sorry, that's not enough. The Kings need to set their sights higher. The bar needs to be higher than that. Truthfully, the bar needs to be higher than 6th through 8th seed. You've heard me have Doug Christie here on the Locked on Kings podcast, and Doug has talked a lot about if you're focusing on the 8th seed, you're going to lose. You need to focus on winning a championship if you want to be successful. I get that, but to me, there are rungs up the ladder, and the next rung is between the 6th and 8th eighth seed and if the Kings are going to accomplish that goal a lot of things need to happen this summer here's one thing I absolutely believe about this offseason the Kings cannot just run this group back do not take what they were able to do during the final few weeks of the season mainly with the Sacramento Kings second unit with all their injuries to starters and stars And use that to justify, hey, maybe if this team just comes back together and has a little more time together in a normal season with regular practice time, they can be the ones to do it. You know what that is? That's completely throwing out the context of the biggest issues with this team this season, and that's inconsistencies. Inconsistencies based on a roster that, quite frankly, I feel does not fit together. There are good individual pieces on this team, very good individual pieces, but many of them, I feel, do not fit together in the way that is needed for a winning team. Whether it's Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, hell, you can even throw Rashawn Holmes into that conversation. Which pieces are good and fit and which pieces are good on their own? Separate the two and go with the ones that fit. That's why I like the improvements that the Sacramento Kings made to their bench. They brought in better pieces, for sure. But DeLon Wright fit. Terrence Davis, in many ways, fit. Mo Harkless fit. Damian Jones seemed to fit. Chemezi Metu seems to fit. I don't know if you can bring all of them back, but find talent. Upgrade your roster with talent that maybe statistically doesn't wow you to the level that some of these individual pieces can, but talent that is going to be able to fit better and plug the holes of this roster, which more than makes up for the statistical drop-off. Let me tell you what needs to happen this offseason. The Kings need to improve everything defensively. Everything. Higher defensive IQ, better overall defensive players. Everything on the defensive end needs to be looked at and analyzed. Find out what kind of defense this team wants to play and what players fit that defense best. Which players on this current roster are you comfortable with the idea that they can fit and figure it out? And which ones do you know that they are not going to be able to develop that as part of their game? This team needs a complete defensive overhaul. But I do believe they can do that without a complete roster overhaul. The Kings don't need to have a fire sale and get rid of everybody who's not named Fox or Halliburton. I think the majority of this roster could play decent enough defensively to be fine in the modern NBA. But those that can't, you got to move on from. 
This team needs way more physicality and assertiveness, not just on the defensive end, but period. How many times did we hear from head coach Luke Walton, even the players themselves, we weren't physical enough. We got pushed around. Teams came out and set the tone against us. We're too physical against us. How many times did we see hard fouls to De'Aaron Fox or the hard foul to Chemezi Metu by Jonas Valanciunas and nobody step up? Nobody get in the face of the player. Nobody defend their guy. How many times do we see the Kings reeling on the floor and nobody taking accountability? Nobody pulling everyone together, lighting a fire. De'Aaron Fox seems to think that that's not necessary with this roster. I beg to differ. If De'Aaron isn't that personality, which is fine. If Harrison Barnes is not that personality, that's fine. Harrison Barnes said actually in a press conference earlier today that he is tired of hearing the my bads. This team needs to get rid of the my bads. This team needs more accountability. I'm glad Harrison said that. Maybe his personality is not to scream and yell and to pull everybody together and try and light a fire. But if no one on this roster is going to do that, then go out and get a player or some players that will. That goes into the next thing this team needs, leadership and accountability. And then finally, just overall improved two-way talent. Players that aren't going to be a liability on either end of the floor. Maybe they won't be super good on either end. Maybe they're not going to have the shooting ability of Buddy Heald or the defensive ability of Rudy Gobert. But if they're good on both ends, the Kings will be a good team. Improve your defense, more physicality and assertiveness, leadership, accountability, and improved two-way talent. Those are the things that need to happen if the Kings are going to have any hope of reaching the goal of being a 6th to 8th seed in the West next season and then even higher beyond that. Now it's off-season prediction time. With all these moves that I think the Sacramento Kings have to make, this roster could look the same. It could look very different. Monty McNair is going to be busy all summer long. I cannot wait. And I put out multiple polls on Twitter after last night's game asking for predictions on some of the moves that the Kings could make this summer. These polls are all still open and available for you to vote on until this evening. Question number one, will Buddy Heald be a King next season? 73% of Kings fans who have participated in this say no. Will Harrison Barnes be a King next season? 69% of those who've participated in this poll say yes. Will Rashawn Holmes be a King next season? 62% of people who participated said yes. What will the Kings do with their draft pick? One, pick a player, or two, trade it. 63% say pick a player, 37% say trade it. Will the Kings make a big free agency signing? 80% are going with history and say no. And finally, will Luke Walton be the Kings head coach next season? 52% say no. 48% say yes. Again, you can vote on these predictions on Twitter until this evening. Those are probably the biggest questions that will be answered this offseason. But don't be surprised at all if there's a lot more activity than just those that I listed. I want to make sure I thank Bet Online, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, for sponsoring the Locked On Kings podcast 
all season long. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I hope you made some money based off of the Sacramento Kings on Bet Online this season. And with baseball season in full swing, you can track all of the action all summer at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get involved as the NBA reaches playoff time. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, the Locked On Kings podcast has been and will continue to be brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. With nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors, Built Bars are delicious. They are healthy. They are must have. If you have not tried any of their nine flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate and salted caramel, you need to get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors, not to mention when those limited time flavors come out, you're going to want to jump on them quickly because they disappear in a heartbeat. You know my favorite bar is mint brownie. What is yours? Let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. And the best part about these bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate, so they really are candy bars. But most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Believe it or not, the Sacramento Kings did themselves a favor by losing the last three games of the season. They put themselves in a three-way tie for the eighth best odds in the draft lottery, giving themselves a 20.3% chance of moving into the top four and a 4.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Now, they are tied with New Orleans and Chicago, so we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. But remember, last time the Kings and Chicago Bulls were tied around this spot, that year was the year that the Kings moved all the way up to number two. So maybe, just maybe, Lottery luck will be on Sacramento's side again. Moving into the top four would be absolutely huge for the Kings. We'll still have to wait a little while to find out where they will be picking with the draft lottery being held at the end of June. But right now, let's do another draft lottery simulation to see where the Kings end up out of the three teams in that tie for the eighth spot. And bad news. (laughs) The Kings got the 10th pick. Let's hope that is not the case on the actual lottery day itself. In this simulation, Houston got the number one overall pick. Cleveland got number two. Toronto moved up four spots to get number three. And San Antonio moved up eight spots to get number four. That would not be ideal, to say the least. On a positive note, the Sacramento Kings finally will have Chris Webber and head coach Rick Adelman in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Finally. 
both are being entered in. I'm happy they're being entered in together. Chris Webber, of course, has been a very long time coming, but I actually want to spend a little bit of time talking about head coach Rick Adelman. Now, I absolutely adore this man. He's one of my favorite coaches ever in the history of the game, really in the history of professional sports. Of course, I'm biased because Rick Adelman has been the only successful coach to win here in Sacramento. But Rick Adelman is proof of the importance of a good head coach, but also the importance of stability at that head coach position. And we are going to have a lot of conversation this week in particular on head coach Luke Walton, whether or not the Kings should move on from him and go out and try and find a new head coach. There's going to be a lot of conversation on this. In fact, I'm working on a special two-part podcast. I believe it'll be two parts. That'll just be full discussion on this topic alone. And it won't just be me featuring a lot of Kings media personalities that you will be familiar with. That's coming later on this week, all centered around head coach Luke Walton. But congratulations to Coach Adelman and, of course, to Chris Weber for being part of the Hall of Fame class of 2021. I look forward to celebrating their actual inauguration. If you haven't checked out the speeches of Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and then, of course, Vanessa Bryant, the wife to the late, great Kobe Bryant, I encourage you to go and check out those speeches. It was an awesome part of this weekend. On tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast, we're going to go through individual grades for Monty McNair, Luke Walton, multiple players, if not every player on this roster. So get ready to bring your report cards to tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast because I want to hear your grades as you're going to hear mine. Until then, please stay safe, stay healthy as always. Enjoy the early days of the offseason. Make sure you keep it right here to Locked On Kings all summer long as we're sure to be in for some more crazy ups and downs and turns on this roller coaster of following the Sacramento Kings organization. I'll talk to you soon. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.